0: Welcome to the Truth Seekers podcast, where our mission is to expand consciousness through collaborative content creation. Join me, Josh Greco,
1: and me, Nick Davies, as we bring on new guests each week who are experts in their field to share some wisdom, add some thoughts and some takeaways that you can apply to your own
0: life. Right. We have Giles as our guest today on today's episode of Truth Seekers with Coach Nick and myself, Coach Josh. We're talking about intentionality, there's a couple topics in past weeks that maybe overlap this topic, but I think we can be super intentional about talking about intentionality. See what I did there, Nick? <laughs> so intentionality uh, is important in any any trade, any practice, any profession. Uh, Giles, maybe why don't you share a little bit about yourself and how, how intentionality applies to what you do?
2: Yeah, so um, I actually know Nick as he was one of my students, um, when did you leave Nick? Like four years ago, right?
1: Yeah. June of 16. Yep.
2: Yeah. He was one of my students for, for years when I first opened my martial arts school here in Jacksonville, Florida. And, um, yeah, I've basically been around in martial arts and around martial arts for 34 years now. And, um, in different, different styles, different systems for the last has been pretty much exclusively Muay Thai, which is the Thai martial art, mm-hmm. um, from thailand Um, so intentionality well i think what's a, a good way of getting at that is when i have new people phone in our school my first question whenever they phone is what are your goals what do you want to get out of muay thai training and um that's my first question and most people have a pretty clear idea of it um occasionally they'll be like oh i don't really know but most of the time they have a pretty clear idea of it. And it's, it's been really interesting. I've actually seen a change over the last two years. Um, and even more so I'd say over the last uh, six months with COVID, but it's, it's basically the main goals that keep coming up again and again is what people perceive that they will get out of martial arts training. So they'll say, I want more focus in my life. I want more discipline. Uh, more self-control. Then they'll get to things like, oh, I want some fitness, I want some exercise, but I get bored at the regular gym. Then they keep going down the list. They might get to things like uh, self-defense or the idea of competition. Um, actually, one, of, one that's coming up a lot these days is a sense of community as well. Um, you know, people, a lot of people who used to go to work aren't even going to work. They're working from home, working remotely. So they want a sense of community. But, the, the interesting ones is the, uh, is the focus, self-discipline, um, those kind of things. It's how we perceive, it's what we perceive martial arts will give us.
0: Now, Giles, when you ask them that up front, is that more yeah. to understand what they're looking to gain out of it so that they can be more intentional? Or are you also more intentional about your, how you cater the program to them?
2: Both. I'm honestly though not going to really change the program. (laughs) The only thing we're going to change is how we talk about it, right? Because the program will encompass almost anything that they want. So it's just how we're going to talk about it. So if they say my goal is self-defense, then I might talk about it a little bit differently. Um, What we teach on a daily basis isn't self-defense specific. But what it will do is it will develop a lot of the attributes, the confidence, the fitness, the awareness, the attributes that will stop you ever getting into a self-defense scenario. So we obviously have some physical skills that come into it, but it's more that it develops the attributes that, uh, that stop you getting into it. But if they were to say, oh, you know, my focus is competition, then I might change what I say to them or show them when they first come in. I'll show them our national titles. I'll talk to them about our trips to world championships, things like that. So it's more that it just changes the way I talk about it with them. Um, It's not really that I change the uh, the program per se, you know?
1: Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that fascinating? Like how many uh, conclusions you can draw from that as well? It's like, it's, it is what it is. (laughs) You can, and you can decide whatever you want to take from it. Right. You know, and uh, if this is what you want, then take that, you know, it's like, do you need we'll take that then you know it's like yeah it's pretty fascinating isn't it i think there's a lot of overlaps in everything else certainly in what we do as well it's like well what do you need right because nothing has any meaning except the meaning we give it right if if you're if you're coming to muay thai for focus uh, and the, the work in the program just like everyone else you're training you're jumping rope you're 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 doing um uh, you're doing you're doing some some everything else is related to the class. Right. And et cetera, et cetera. But okay, well look see see look, look how focused you are. Look how this is impacting your focus. Don't you see that? Right.
2: Right. Right for that for that twenty, thirty minutes when you were learning a new technique or series of techniques. Yeah. You didn't you didn't think for one second about the bills you had to pay. Right. or the fact that your partner might've been nagging you or whatever. You didn't think for a split, split second about any of those. You just focused purely on that punch and that elbow and that knee and that kick. Yeah. So you can, yeah, you can pretty much get out of it, whatever you want to. I may change my terminology with some people. And we've actually added, um we've actually added meditation class, and we've added specific flexibility classes to try and make ourselves a little bit more rounded as well.
0: And how does, how does it do that, Giles? How does it do that? Yeah. You said it makes a little bit more well-rounded. So what, is, what does that portion give them that they wouldn't Oh, have? okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. So if, if I was teaching the way I would have been teaching in the early 90s, so what's that, 20, 25 years ago? <laughs> we would have had a two hour long class. Um, we would have had a warm up. We would have had a technical aspect. Then we would have had a long stretch and we would have even incorporated meditation and stuff into class. People's attention and um, ability to focus the long periods. And also maybe people's time constraints seems to be different now. And so we've actually shortened all our classes to an hour and we try and keep them a little bit more actively involved in the specific class. Um, So then we have the martial arts specific classes and then we now have a meditation specific class and a flexibility specific class. Rather than back when I first started out with teaching, it would have been a two hour class that incorporated everything.
0: Mm. yeah Go what's ahead,
2: interesting Nick. is we, we give people those those hour-long classes a lot of people are now staying for the, for the two hours worth mm. they're staying for like an hour of martial arts practice and an hour of flexibility practice but if i was to put on our on our schedule two hour class it would scare a lot of people off it's a, it's a funny one it's a bit of a mind game with that one
1: <laughs> that's what i was gonna say you know it's like you if you and we often talk about the duality of, of, of working in, in structure, but also allowing for the creativity. Yes. So you, you just need enough structure. So people yeah. can feel comfortable with it. Right. Too much that will, will stop them opening up and being creative. So it's like, it's, you can come to the class. And if you want to hit the bag a bit afterwards, you can do that as well. Right. And so yes, exactly. making it two hours class. Yeah. You know, it just gives people that flexibility.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the great thing is with our new location, which which you saw a few weeks ago, Nick, we have a a really large, we have 8,000 square feet worth of martial arts school now. It allows us to do multiple classes at the same time or people finish one class and like Nick said, go off and hit the bag or do their own thing off in the corner. It kind of allows a bit more flexibility as well
1: yeah it's, it's super cool and jules would you would you share it all because like what i'm thinking about the intentionality around this and yeah and and it's okay well these are all the things that people come to muay thai for uh, and and there's and there's a what they say that they want to come for, and what they actually right. come for, and what they actually will yes. come for, might be three different things. It, and, yes, that's very <laughs> very true. And then it's the application of like, well, they're just going to run the program when they get there because they're going to listen to the listen to the crew, right? They listen to you and listen right. to all other trainers, and to go through that. And then what you've done is it created this expansion of of availability back to that duality again. But would you share your intention about? why you started in the first place. I know that this is very yeah. refreshed for you right now in, in terms of your thought process. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's great. I'd love to talk about it. So I originally, I look back now and I, I did martial arts as a young, young kid. My parents actually put me in it because I had a pretty bad temper. Um, I would sort of, you know, feel like I was losing control of my emotions and getting, um, a tidal wave of like, frustration and anger would overwhelm me. And, and like, as a young kid, didn't know what to do with it. So you know, it probably ended up with me lying on the floor, hitting the pavement a few times and things like that. As a little t- I'm told I a little tiny kid. Mm-hmm. So my parents put me in judo and only, only did it for about two and a half, three years. And that helped a lot. Um, and I also used to love watching the, uh, the 70s martial arts shows like Kung Fu with David Carradine you know, based on uh, Bruce Lee's, uh, what's it, The Silent Flute, um, you know, David Carradine wandering the Old West as a Shaolin uh, Shaolin monk. So I used to love love those kind of shows. And so it's very interesting us talking about what we believe martial arts would give me, because I always thought martial arts would give me that that calmness. Yes, the ability to kick butt and defend the weak who needed protecting. Um, like I, It's funny, I never ever thought so much about protecting myself. It was always like, other people but more it was the the calmness and the control over one's emotions so i stopped martial arts through my teens um and at this point i was living in johannesburg south africa which at that point mid to late 80s incredibly violent incredibly violent like carjackings and shootings and killings every every week people i knew uh, it was crazy violent so I got back into martial arts in my late teens because I felt like at that point I was starting to feel afraid for my safety. So I got back into it a little bit for that. And I initially thought it was, I initially thought it was to learn how to protect myself physically. I realize now looking back that again it was learning how to control those feelings of fear that would overwhelm me, those feelings of adrenaline that I didn't fully understand um in violent situations right a couple of instances where friends got stabbed in front of me and stuff like that and not knowing how to handle it and not being able to understand the feelings that washed over my body so i really got back into it for that i didn't understand that at the time at the time i thought it was learn how to throw a kick and a punch um and then to compete. I got big into competition and traveled the world with competition. So I thought it was that, but I look back now, 30 years later, and realize no, it wasn't. It was about emotions again. Um, so I'd been in martial arts for a couple of years and realized that this is what I wanted to do with my life. I actually wanted to teach martial arts as a way of helping other people. And changing people's lives, helping them tap into their inner potential, helping them get in touch with their own physical bodies, but then um, emotional well being, all of those sort of things. So I pretty much changed track totally. I'd been studying architecture for three years and I stopped that and got involved in teaching martial arts. And then I went back to university in England for um, physiotherapy and exercise physiology to understand the body better and better. And so my main goal for getting into martial arts was to was to help people. Um the last few years, I'd say I got taken off track a little bit. We got more and more into the competition side of things. We have a pretty successful fight team. And we um we ended up getting two guys to world championships last year in Bangkok, Thailand. And um I mean that was wonderful, but then COVID hit and the club was forced to close. Um for the first time in, in 20 years, I kind of had a bit of a break and I got back into my own training more. I also, we, we've had no fights now for seven months. So I've got back to thinking about martial arts as a way of helping people and it's been great. We've set up a vets program for helping vets and actually we've extended it to law enforcement. It's free and we're busy building a nonprofit that's gonna help them. And we're going to be offering classes two times a week for free, which are going to incorporate martial arts, meditation, ways to help them with PTSD, coping with stress. Um, we've got a whole new crowd of people in that we maybe wouldn't have attracted before. Um,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: And I'm back in my own training in different ways. So it's, it's been great.
1: It's just, I love there's so much to say about that. Thank you Josh for being so articulate and following that Rose, really in your story then. I love, um, First, what you said about the the emotions of it as well, because yeah, it's a big part, and I get more about this because I love Muay Thai, you know, I do as well. So this speaks yeah. really to me, and so I know that you know, <laughs> it's, I know that you only feel it more, right? So I know how intense it must be for you, but how important that part is because it's it doesn't matter really what your vehicle is, just jump on it if it's something that resonates with you. But that journey towards emotional mastery is what I call it. It's like that you being able to feel those emotions, know that they're coming up, whatever yeah. might be, you use them to create more for yourself, to create more around you and, and deliver whatever it is you want to deliver. Because when you can be in charge of your emotions, you can really do anything. Like it, it's, right. and it's, and if martial arts can do that, and it certainly can, I believe it, it helps me to do it for sure. And I think any sort of physical activity does. So you, you get to experience those uh, emotions and the more extreme that you get to experience them, the more you can feel them come in and deal with them while they're here like just deep down inside of you so you can use them rather than until they're kind of coming out of you and they're out of your control right. but i think that's just that's just a massive massive thing because I mean, people get knocked down through their lives and right. and don't get back up again for a long time because they get knocked down in the depths of their uh emotions and just yeah. kind of wallowing around on that. If you have that resiliency built up by experience, it's just can serve you anywhere. And that's why it's not just about like like back to the back to the front about focus, discipline, self-control, and then the next level down is okay, exercise and, and self-defense and competition, perhaps, and that and then overall that sense of community. Right. Those things can be can be uh, can be gained through through martial arts, through Muay Thai for absolutely for sure. And then yeah. and then so thank you for sharing that. And then the second part of that, I just really want to touch on because it's just so powerful, is uh, when you get back to the intentionality of right. what, why you really do this and why you have started. Just that thought process has allowed the everything to expand, right? To to right. be in the space to create the uh, the vets program, to create the law enforcement program, to have right. the, the the meditation and the yoga right. Right? to create a different environment, which as right. you said leads into more people. Just that right. thought process has allowed you to, to do that, right? It's just it's, it's yeah. so amazing, right, how that happens. What,
2: yeah. What I didn't realize was my intentionality um, the last, last few years in particular, but for, for a while now, was slightly off track. Um, and I didn't even realize that until, until recently, right? So I basically had some cognitive dissonance where my goals didn't match with my life purpose and so i wasn't i was having blockages i was like um setting goals and then wondering why i didn't why i couldn't meet them um i was finding ways to self-sabotage and procrastinate and it was basically um my intention wasn't aligned no. right so now that my intention's back aligned with how it's meant to be everything else is now starting to flow now i start seeing the uh coincidences and serendipity appearing again and stuff's working how it's meant to, right. When, when it's aligned, but it, yeah, for a while there, the intention, uh, the intention wasn't aligned. <laughs>
1: oh, it's amazing. And it doesn't mean it's not work, but it just, it feels different, doesn't it? It, it feels like yeah. it's just like flying one thing into the next. And it's just like, it's, it's, uh, like it's like you're floating along rather than pulling something along, you know, pushing. Right. Something. So it's a different thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah, go, go ahead Josh. Oh, go
0: ahead, finish that because I'm going to pivot a little bit, but I'm curious about one other thing that you said.
2: Oh, um, oh yeah, I was going to say it's, it's very interesting um, with our fighters. Like right now, we actually are starting fight camp for the first time in seven months. And I've got a couple of guys who are fighting for their first time, who are getting ready to fight for their first time. And something I always ask the fighters is, why are you doing this? You have to have a really strong why. And this kind of gets back to intention. And um, I want to know, know the why, but I really want them to know the why because they're going to get into this fight and they're going to feel more tired than they've ever felt in their life because of the adrenal dump and the stress and, and everything that's involved. And um, if they don't have a really, really strong why, there's no way they're winning. There's no way. Um, so it's always quite interesting because I'll generally get the whys from them very seldom do I actually believe their why the first time. <laughs> most of them I tell them, um, I tell them like, I'm kind of like that annoying that annoying three year old kid who's like, why, why, why? <laughs> and they give, me a, they give me one answer and they're like, well, it's because I want to prove I'm the best. I'm like, why? And they're like, well, you know, uh, my dad never believed in me, well, why? And you dig and dig and dig, you pretty much get back to the same sort of things most of the time, but it's, it's really interesting. You've got to have that that clear intention before you go into something difficult if if you don't there's no way you're seeing it through
0: yeah, give a little shout out to coach Alicia Byers, who's another coach uh, pro advisor coach um, that's that's her philosophy. Just keep asking why you'll get to the root of of why you're really doing something and then right it's like an aha moment like you discover oh that's what it is, and once you're in yeah. touch with that, you do everything in the name of that thing and it yeah allows everything to flow, kind of like what you were mentioning. You're back into that serendipitous, that coincidence mode where things are just falling into place. Right, yeah.
2: right. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 so, it's so interesting with the fighters because the, the boxing ring is um, a bit of a magnifying glass. Kind of how, um, kind of how COVID has been a bit of a magnifying glass in some ways. If people are filled with, with fear normally, it's like suddenly they're filled with huge fear right <laughs> um so the ring is this is a similar thing so you basically can condense years of learning into a couple of uh into sort of six weeks into a six-week fight camp if if we do it the correct way um otherwise it can just break somebody down and destroy them <laughs> but um you know suddenly like you start asking them why and, and they think they have it and then they get into the first couple of hard sessions and they realize no that wasn't it so you go, why again? And then why again? And then maybe we push them a little bit harder physically and maybe then it gets clearer. Yeah.
0: So I'm just curious. This is the question I was going to ask before. Did you have that, that answer to that why question when you were studying architecture? Or what was it that ultimately no. back back or more of a separation?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely didn't. I I'd pretty much finished high school or was finishing up and suddenly realized that high school was about to end and i had no idea what i wanted to do <laughs> all, all my friends had been working on it for 3 4 years i had just been living in the moment and not thinking ahead at all no zero <laughs> yeah yeah so i was like i was like well i like i like kind of like drawing and uh, what can I do which involves drawing and being creative? And a couple of people said, oh, architecture. So I spent three years doing architecture and drafting. And then at the end of year three, they introduced AutoCAD, which meant sitting on a computer all the time. And I was like, no, this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> and by that time, I, you know, I was really into my martial arts anyway. And, and uh, yeah, if, if you know me, I can't handle sitting still for more than a couple of hours at the most anyway. So there's no way I would sit still 50, 60 hours a week
0: yeah Mm. awesome well thank you for sharing all that so as as we begin to wrap up here nick i wrote down several notes here but um uh just about like intentional attention so i wrote down that intention is just deciding to purposely apply your attention you like that definition i love it yeah
1: i love it i was on a (laughs) shout with coach rich because i was on a call with him and coach alicia and uh she was talking about seeing seeing him laying down watching a movie. I'm like, that doesn't seem like something he would do. It's, yeah. much, it's, much, it's much too busy to do that. But the the difference is is the intention, right? You, it's mm. uh, think about it as focus. Like intention is like the high level of focus, if you like. So focus, because whatever wherever we focus on is what we get, right? And if you and I, people say I'm unfocused or I'm not focused. I believe that you can't really turn it off. It's just the direction it's pointing in. So you say, so like, okay, what's my intention? My intention is to relax. Okay, then I'm going to be intentionally relaxed and watch a movie. That's fine. And, and so if, my, if I'm unfocused, it just means you haven't been intentional about where your focus is. And it's just going to be pulled to wherever someone else dictates it to be.
0: If you don't do it yourself. I love that. Giles, how about, how about you? Any, any recommendations for somebody, you know, working on their intentionality? Or how, how can people be more effective with it? Huh.
2: I think it—it really the focus has to be on, on yourself. Um, you know, your intention can never be for somebody else to act in a certain way, or even for other physical things to appear in your life. Right. So say your focus is to make money. Well, straight away, you've just taken it outside of yourself. It's like make money. Who, who makes money? It's like, no, no. If you focus on yourself to attract money, that's different, mm. right? So it's like with my fighters, when we put them in the ring, some of them I'll catch them like watching videos of their opponents. I'm like, I don't want you watching your opponent. The only person you can focus on is yourself. Don't worry about him. He's a human being with two arms, two legs. He's gonna do what a human being does. Just focus purely on yourself. Um, we've lost fights in the past by some of my guys focusing too much. They know a certain person coming in is famous for a certain technique. It's like, yeah, we might train that a little bit, but you focus too much on that. You spend the entire fight waiting for them to do that technique. And then they never do it because they're a different person on the day. The only person you can control is yourself. So take all the focus within rather than without. But um, yeah, I like I like I like what where you guys are going with that because you know it, a, a whole, uh, whatever activity you're doing can change regarding your intention. Um, I actually I almost stopped martial arts for for a short period. I actually I did stop for about four months. Uh, this is going back a long time. It had taken me to some very dark places. I was uh, doing nightclub security, bouncing, and it was taking me to some violent dark places. And for a long time after that. Um, I was struggling with my training, but now my intention for my martial arts training has nothing to do with violence. There's no violence there. My intention is for it to be fun. My intention is for it to be a cleansing, a deep cleansing of my soul through movement, through sweating. Um, There's no violence at all. Now I'm throwing a punch at a bag or a pad um, I could do that with violent intention, or I could do that with a fun intention, or I could do it with a therapeutic intention. Right? So, yeah, so it's the same activity, it's just the intention change. So, yeah. But I, I think the biggest thing is like go within.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, I love that one. Nick, any final comments, Additions? That was
1: awesome. That was awesome. Thank, Thanks, crew. Uh, so, that, that, so, that part cycles all the way back to the start, right? It's the intention of what you're doing. And yeah. the same thing if someone coming in, for focus, or coming for discipline, or something coming for community, what you're training them is the same. It's just right. what you're showing them to their. You're helping them get their intention, and so like once you get to that higher level, you can you can you can make that switch for yourself in the moment. And so, yes, ties yeah. beautiful. Very yeah. nice.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for wrapping that up. Sure. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you very much, Giles. I appreciate you joining us. Ah, oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks okay. for joining us on another episode of Truth Seekers. Don't forget to like and subscribe. and remember, we believe that feedback is a gift. So please feel free to give us your thoughts.
0: And if you crave that visual interaction and would like to comment on our videos, join us on our YouTube channel, hashtag TruthSeekers.